0: The most common question I get asked by artists is how do I get my music placed in a TV show, in a film, in an ad, in a trailer, or what's the best way to contact a music supervisor to get something placed? My response is usually the same, and that is you're asking the wrong question, my friend. You should be asking, how can I get my product to where it needs to be so that supervisors find me? And how can I build a long-term relationship with with music supervisors. We should know that an amazing product is key. If the product is stellar, you're gonna get heard. You're gonna get licensed. And the business is built on long-term relationships and trust. And that doesn't come by blindly reaching out to a music supervisor and sending them your SoundCloud link and asking, hey, what can you do for me? I know it's frustrating, but it's the truth. In today's episode, we're going to talk about why the relationship is the most important. And we'll go over things you can do to strengthen that relationship, including my soft sell approach. It's worked for me and I believe it can help you find success in licensing your music. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to the License Your Music Podcast, where I'm here to help give you all the tools you need to license your music for film, TV, ads, trailers, and more so that you can earn passive income and obtain creative freedom. I'm your host, Jody Friedman. Thanks for spending some of your time with me today. If you're wanting to license your music, you're going to find the hardest part is actually breaking through and getting heard. That's why I put together my free ebook on how to get your music heard by music supervisors. There's five steps I'll take you through to how to get heard. By music supervisors, if if you follow these steps, I guarantee you will get heard. It's available on our site at licenseyourmusic.com. So go ahead, download it, follow those steps, start getting heard now. Relationships—what a powerful word. We're born into this world immediately seeking a relationship with our parents, a bond with other humans, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and soon enough, that extends to non-relatives, friends family friends, dogs, cats, snakes, music, whatever we can relate to. In the music business, and in particular, in the world of music licensing, which is surrounded by all forms of legalities and copyright law and paperwork, it's completely 100% built on trust. And trust takes time, right? You're not going to email me tomorrow and immediately have my trust. It just doesn't work that way and vice versa. If I reach out to you and say, hey, I want to sign you to a publishing deal. I don't immediately have your trust. I have to earn that trust. It's no different with how you approach music supervisors and or music coordinators and A&R people, whomever it might be, who you want to license your music. Funny story, for years, I would hit up this music supervisor. Great guy, longtime supervisor, ton of experience, extremely knowledgeable guy. So I'd run into him at events, we'd hang out, I'd shake his hand, have some drinks, we connected on a few things. Naturally, after events, I would follow up, which is what you should do after you network, after you hang out with people at events, you follow up. Usually he wouldn't respond, right? One day, he writes me back. He says, hey, you know what? I had a good time. You seem like a good dude. I'm going to be frank with you. I have my go-to list of 10 labels, publishers, managers, artists, sync agents, who I know would have an interesting angle on whatever that specific thing is that we're looking for, and I'd reach out direct to them. So tell me, what should I be hitting you up for? What do you have, Jody, that's so indispensable that I'd be a fool for not going to you for? I just want to know how I can work with you, so just tell me why I should reach out to you. So I went on to explain to him, of course, why why he'd be a fool not to work with me, but that's neither here nor there. His response was brilliant. I'll tell you why. It was eye-opening for me for a few reasons, as it made me start asking questions of myself that I had not visited for a long time. Number one, I realized again what I'd forgotten about, that I needed to be more specific and intentional with my approach to music supervisors in general when trying to pitch them music. Number two, the music supervisor doesn't need me, and they don't need you. They've got their go-to people. If someone's music supervising on something, they do not need you, generally speaking, okay? So you got to ask yourself, and I had to ask myself, how can I make myself more important to this person? How can I make my product undeniable so that when I approach people, they do feel like a fool for not responding? They see my email and say, dang, that sounds interesting. I should see what Jody's got to offer. And this is key, guys. This is my whole point. Having something unique to offer will help you stand out. You might be listening and thinking, yeah, man, I'm just another singer-songwriter. So I guess that's not unique. And look, that's that's just a defeatist attitude to have. You don't want to think that way. Um, there are things you can do to make it unique. Production techniques, experimenting, trying new things, breaking old routines, Don't try to sound like something that already exists. Break the mold. Be brave. Be bold with your music and your product. That's how you create something different. Relationships. Trust. That's the other part of things. In my reply to this person, I told him I protect my clients. I've studied legalities surrounding copyrights. I understand the music business deeply. And that I've studied music in media for years. That I was syncing music to picture back in 1994 in high school. Which was true. I used to do that. We had a news program at school. I used, my, my thing was taking music, putting it to picture, putting videos together, basically making what happens on YouTube now YouTube music videos for my high school, the local TV network in 1994. And I told him, that's why you'd be a fool not to work with me. The response he had, respect, I'll hit you up soon. And he did. And we've been working together ever since. So here's the other thing it made me do the response, this whole approach it made me realize I don't need to get in with every single supervisor. I want to be trusted undeniably by a core group of say 10 to 15, maybe 20 supervisors. And I'd be set. I ended up landing around 10 to 12. I've got about 10 to 12 key supervisors that come to me. And on occasion I get lucky with others. There's people that still reach out and I pitch to kind of like the rest of you. Um, With the hope that one of these days something will stick. And that's part of it too, guys. You got to just keep pitching. Pitch, assume you don't get it, move on. Pitch, assume you don't get it, move on. Pitch your song, assume they're not going to listen, and move on to the next person. If they take the time to listen, be very grateful. If they don't take the time to listen, be grateful. You know, they don't have to listen. They don't need you. That's the truth. So this approach of having this core group of supervisors is enough for me. It brings in licenses regularly, and it's a win. And it's built on trust. They trust me. And I've earned that trust over years and years of hard work. I don't try to hide things from them. If I find or sense something fishy about a piece of music I sent them months ago, or if there's some movement with a composer that I find out about, I give them a heads up. I say, hey, just so you know, you might want to pull this track. Why? Because I understand that they are putting their reputation and their heads on the chopping block every time they move forward. Every time they send a song along to the producers of that project, one mess up could literally get them fired and never hired again by the client. So it's my job to protect them and make sure that doesn't happen. Another story. I worked for a company many years back when I was first starting out as a rep. I was shopping their artists, and they had some good artists. One of them was um, one part of the appeal was the artists they had access to. But you live and you learn, and uh, <laughs> the story is a good one. So um, one of the artists that they had access to was Zach Brown Band, and he was booming at the time; he was happening. So I pitched a Zach Brown Band song to um, the film *Dolphin Tale*, and I pitched it under a certain set of terms that. It, I was told, yeah, it'll clear for a certain dollar amount because that's what the owner of this company told me. It would. It was clear. And I was a rep for them. I was a rep for this company. Um, when it came time to license, I learned quickly that it wouldn't clear for that fee. So I had to go back to the music supervisor with my tail tucked and let them know, hey, I'm sorry. I know I said it would clear for this, but it's actually going to cost more. And it was a lot more. It was at least double what I had quoted. Big mistake on my part. Very early on, this happened. They weren't happy. And naturally, it made me look very bad. I learned a valuable lesson from that. I immediately stopped working with that company. I didn't even want to hear why. Why did they suddenly double their deal? I didn't care. The point was this person misrepresented themselves to me. And it destroyed my relationship with the supervisor. Six years later, I went back to that supervisor. And I was on a different project. And she remembered that incident. And she was clearly on guard with me. The reason, it was six years later, right? The reason, she puts me in a box. She thinks, oh yeah, he's in that don't trust that guy box. And rightfully so, I misrepresented myself. I I put her at risk. It worked out. They ended up licensing it anyway. Um, I guess my example is a bit extreme, but it's just to make a point. I told her, I don't work with that company anymore. I haven't since that happened. And I sent her some music. She listened to it and we have a good relationship now. It took time, six years, guys. It's six years. It's a long time for a supervisor who you were working with to avoid you. It's a long time. So it goes back to trust. It's incredibly important. It's paramount to building a long-term lasting relationship. And it should be your primary goal when approaching not just music supervisors, but anybody you work with. You want to surround yourself in this business with people that you trust The composers I work with, the artists I work with, we have to have trust. If they misrepresent themselves to me and I get sued, I'm bringing them to court. That's how it goes. I always talk about this and it's part of my free ebook on our site called How to Get Your Music Heard by Music Supervisors. But be of service to music supervisors. Do not ask them what they can do for you to license your music now. Part of that means studying and understanding the business of music licensing. It's why I started my course. It's why I created the masterclass to teach you the business of music licensing. These fundamentals will continue to serve you throughout your career. Relationships come with time. Networking is a big part of that. So let's talk about networking for a bit. Let's switch gears. Obviously, in today's world, it's 2021. COVID-19 is still a thing, big time. And networking is very hard to do in today's day and age. But speaking to the normal state of things, networking is so important to your success. It's so important. Even if you have a rep representing your music, you've got to come out of your shell. You've got to get out there and meet with others in person. Go to events, hang out, chill out, kick it, get to know them, let them get to know you. It'll help them remember you and it will help you find your people. And you're not going to be liked or remembered by everyone. And that's okay. You don't need everyone. Remember, you just need to find your core group of people. Networking keeps you fresh in people's minds. And you got to think about it like this. When someone leaves an impression on you, it's human nature after you meet that person to think, wow, I really like that person. I feel like they added something to my day or to my knowledge of the world, or I just want to hang out with them. They seem cool. They're like my people. Plain and simple, I want to expand more on this networking concept. It's important to not always do the hard sell. This is just my opinion. Some people may disagree with this, and I imagine there are salesmen and women that turn on the hard sell 110% of the time, and they find a ton of success with it. But it's not what's worked for me, so I'm not going to teach that. I do what's called a soft sell, unless the moment calls for it. And I see a natural opening, but it has to feel natural and it has to fit the conversation. So let me give you an example. If I were hanging out at an event with a supervisor and I say, Hey, good to see you. What's new? And they say, I'm working on this show, but man, I'm having hell of a time finding that vintage r and soul song from 1974. I'd say, Oh, is that so? I happen to have one-stop vintage r and soul records from 1974. That's a soft sell. It's a natural fit. All right? It's a part of the conversation. It's organic. Here's a hard sell. Me. Hey, good to see you. What's new with you? Supervisor. Same old thing. Busy as usual. I just moved out of my house across town so it's kind of nuts right now. Me. That's cool. So I've got these 1974 vintage R&B records I think you'd love. Okay. In this scenario, there's nothing morally wrong with that approach, but it's a hard sell. The way I see it, this individual could react in one of two ways. They think, one, geez, this guy's got no empathy or consideration whatsoever f- for my situation. I'm just here to have fun and not work. Huh. I guess I'll hear him out. Or they say, okay, I guess send it to me. I'll have a listen. And the conversation's over. End of conversation. End of that open, building relationship, built on trust, that we can hang out, have fun, not really talk work all the time, that they get to know me, that I get to know them. And the next time they see me at an event, are they gonna wanna talk to me? Probably not. So the soft sell is my preferred approach, and that's why. Another example where I was on the other side of it, um, a couple examples. One where I was music supervising something, I reached out for some records, uh, this person sent me some records, and they were not at all cleared to send. And I had a sense when he pitched them, so I asked him some some pretty blunt questions, and uh, he didn't have the right answer. So I knew immediately this guy's just trying to get a quick win and get some money, and I don't want to work with him. I never reach out to him, ever. Uh, Another example, on the other side of it, an artist that I signed, a writer, composer I signed. Uh, he signed about 20 of his songs over for me to rep. And, um, as part of my contract, I asked him, it's, do you have co-writers on these songs? As I always ask, he said, yes. I said, okay, great. Well, I'm going to need all of them to sign too. And he went around or so I thought he went around and got all these co-writers signatures. Um, about a year went by of pitching his music and um, registered. I registered the tracks with ASCAP. And I got a call from one of his co writers saying, uh, I noticed one of my tracks is registered to you as a publisher. What's that about? So, oh, hey, nice to meet you. This is, uh, you know, I'm Jody so and so, you know, that deal for the song with that guy. And they had no idea what I was talking about. Come to find out that this composer completely forged about 12 to 14 signatures intentionally made them look unique on the contract. Of course, I immediately pull all the tracks. I notify the composers, the co-writers of what happened. Uh, I notify this composer uh, that, you know, I'm terminating our relationship. I'm no longer pitching your music. And I even went a step beyond when I noticed that this composer was um, repped by a friend of mine. I told that friend, look out for this guy. Because this is what he did to me. And I don't want to see that happen to you. So it's built on trust. If you misrepresent yourself once, it just speaks to your character. Don't misrepresent yourself. Be honest. Be transparent. Um, If you find out something that seems fishy about a song of yours, or if you learn something after you pitched it that you didn't know was the truth when you pitched it, Go let the supervisor know. They will so appreciate you for that. They will remember that you told them. They would say, thank you so much for letting me know. I'm going to pull it right now and let the producers know. That's their job. Um, So, you know, when we're dealing with legal copyrights and legal proceedings that could come from misrepresentation, the best thing to do is be honest and truthful and properly represent yourself to everybody you're pitching to. Okay, I've got one last example for you. And this was from an artist that I rep that we pitched some songs to a supervisor. This is where the supervisor uh, lost my trust, okay? So it ended up getting used in the film, and they didn't notify me about it. And the artist found out about it, and the artist reached out to me and said, hey, I heard this song in this the film we pitched to What's going on? So I had to check in with the music supervisor about it. And they dodged me for a while. They dodged my emails. Um, I eventually was very persistent with them. And I I started to uh, put some pressure on them. And they finally responded and apologized, very, very apologetic about it. And we ended up settling. And it all worked out, I suppose. But uh, I won't work with that supervisor anymore because they did that. And it was not the right thing to do on their part. So it goes both ways. Uh, Trust works both ways. You've got to trust that the people you're pitching to are professionals and know who you're pitching to. That comes with doing your research, looking up their credits. If they worked on big projects, chances are they're trustworthy because these big projects would not be hiring them to do that job if they weren't. Um, That film was very early on and the supervisor, it was an indie film and yeah, the supervisor doesn't really do much. So uh, there's something to be said for that. Let's talk for a minute about networking during the COVID era. We don't know how much longer this is going to um, last, and it's important, I think, to touch on that. So there's some things you can do still. Uh, Everybody recognizes that it's COVID, right? And we're not supposed to be interacting in person. So the community as a whole, music supervisors in particular, are completely embracing that and still wanting to do Zoom meetings and do calls. I think if anything, it just makes them a bit more particular about what types of calls they take. Um, It allows them to get more work done. Um, But I'll say that there's still things you can do to network. And one of those things is LinkedIn. Uh, You can connect with supervisors on LinkedIn in a professional manner. Um, Don't just pitch your music to them. Don't send them a message on LinkedIn with a link to your music. That's not what LinkedIn is for. Um, Put up your LinkedIn, put up what you've done, what you do, uh, who you are, reach out. And if they accept your connection, just say, thanks so much for connecting. Great to meet you. And leave it at that. Um, You know, depending on what you want to do, you can get involved with panels Uh, You can do listening sessions. There's a ton of listening sessions. There's a ton of online courses now, uh, including ours at licensuremusic.com. So there are things that you can do in COVID era to still network. And granted, it's not the same as in person, but I would say if I were in your shoes, and to some extent I am, I would say focus this time on your product, not networking. The time that you're home, in your studio, in your element is a great time to focus on leveling up your production skills, your composing skills, your songwriting skills. You can co-write over Zoom. You can co-write over Skype. Uh, So there are other things that you can do during this time. Networking is easier when it's not COVID. It just is. So since that's the reality of things, Uh, I would really recommend you focus this time on your product and making sure your product is stellar. And you'll hear me speak about that again and again. And it's actually one of the steps in our ebook on how to get heard by music supervisors. So, you know, who knows when you're listening to this? This is probably being listened to post-COVID. In which case, dude, remember COVID? It sucked. So (laughs) hopefully you're making the most of this time, this post-COVID era, and networking and getting out there for those who are listening listening to this post-COVID. Um, and that's my point about networking. You have to always be thinking ahead. And I'm always thinking ahead three years, five years, 10 years from now. I encourage you to do the same. If you want to have a career in music licensing, a long-term career, think ahead Study the business. Make sure you understand it. Start building that foundation, which is built on trust. So when you're going about your day-to-day in this business and you're trying to get your music heard and you're approaching music supervisors, think ahead about creating that relationship long-term. Play the long game. You've heard me say that in other podcasts um, or maybe on our tips for Facebook. Uh, Play the long game. Build that relationship. It's built on trust. Trust takes time. You know this. This is no different. It's Sure, it's a business, but it's part of life. It's a way of life. And especially in the music business, you got a lot of people who are pretty dang down to earth. (laughs) Okay? Um, These people are music lovers. If they're not musicians themselves, they love music. This is why they do this, especially music supervisors. Some of them are walking encyclopedias of music. So uh, they just want human interaction they enjoy human interaction they like uh interacting with people and having relationships and forming relationships so embrace that and come out of your shell get out there network i hope this was helpful thanks so much for tuning in i'm jody friedman if you like what you hear please leave us a review that helps us out a ton and if you haven't done so please come by our website at licenseyourmusic.com even if you have there's a new free ebook up How to Get Your Music Heard by Music Supervisors, Five Steps to Getting Heard. Join our Facebook group at License Your Music with Jody Friedman, our Instagram at License Your Music, and of course our YouTube channel where you'll find all sorts of valuable tips about music licensing, among other things. Thanks so much for spending some time with me today. I'll speak to you on the next podcast. Stay cool. Peace.